Hallelujah. So we're continuing on in the book of Enoch, journeying on through and uh, making quite a bit of progress. Hallelujah. You know, and as always, you know, we're going to be seeking to align it with our measuring stick. That is the canon um, that we know and love, the 66 books that we call the Bible, you know, and the word canon, just so that you know, whether it's in Hebrew or Greek, just simply speaks to a measuring stick. You know, so that's what we're going to be utilizing to measure. All right. So we left off with chapter 66. We're going to pick it up today with Enoch chapter 67. And so Enoch 67 1 says, In those days, the word of Elohim came unto me. Who's the word of Elohim? Yahushua, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, in those days, the word of Elohim came unto me. And so we see he was around even before he was around. I mean, say on now, right? And he said unto me, Noah, thy lot has come up before thee. A lot without blame, a lot of love and upright. Now, this is what you want Yah to say about you. When Yah thinks of you, you want him to think of you without blame and of love and upright. Now, how do you think Noah got to be thought of of Yah like that? Even because he done what Yah wanted him to do. You know, and he exhibited love and upright. We read in Genesis 6, 9, you know, how it agrees with what Enoch 67 says. It says, these are the generations of Noah. And it says, Noah was a just man, meaning a righteous man, bless you, and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with Elohim. Well, if you want to get on the good side of Elohim, it's always a good thing to walk with. You know, everywhere we read about somebody walking with God, it was a good thing. Amen. You know, it's a good thing because Yah is the source of all goodness. You know, so you can't walk with him and it be a bad thing. You know, it has to be a good thing. You know, because he is good. You know, now Enoch 67.2 says, and now the angels are making a wooden building and when they have completed that task, I will place my hand upon it and preserve it and there shall come forth from it, the seed of life, and a chain shall set so in the earth, uh, set that the earth will not remain without inhabitant. Okay, now we have to pause for a minute because our measuring stick, now this is the first time, you know, in the book of Enoch that our measuring stick actually don't quite measure up to this. Now it says the angels were making a wooden building. Now, it doesn't say that this was an ark that's what it doesn't say but it does say the angels were making something and Yah was saying he would place his hand upon it and preserve it and there should come forth from it the seed of life and a change shall set, set in so that the earth will not remain without inhabitant now it doesn't say the ark but it certainly sounds like the ark you know, so, you know, now we know that our canon says in Genesis 6, 13 and 14, and Elohim said unto Noah, 
The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them from the earth. And he tells Noah, make the ark of gopher wood. Mm. Rooms shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And we know that this ark would be used to preserve the seed of life. You know, that the earth would not remain without inhabiting. Right? You know, so, yeah, you know, don't know what exactly happened there or is happening there. And, you know, um, like I say, you know, to, Enoch's credit or Noah's credit actually because he's you know um he's actually you know the, the narrator in this story you know he's saying that the angels are making the building you know but you know our measuring stick you know says that he was to make an ark now maybe it's different between this building and the ark I don't know my job is to you know, look for congruences and discrepancies. And like I say, you know, this this may not be direct, but you know, it is, you know, it kind of kind of looks that way, you know. So say la. You know, I don't know. Let me have my uh, first reader read Enoch 67, 3 and 4, please. And I will make fast thy seed before me forever, forever and ever. And I will spread abroad those who dwell with thee and shall not be unfruitful on the face of the earth. But it shall be blessed and multiply on the earth in the name of the Adonai. And he will imprison those angels who have shown unrighteousness in that burning valley which my grandfather Enoch hath formerly shown me in the west among the mountains in the gold and the silver and salt and metal and tin. Hallelujah. All right, so here it is. We're being told he's going to imprison those angels who have shown unrighteousness in that burning valley. You know, now this is congruent with, with our uh, measuring stick, absolutely. In 2 Peter 2 4, it says, For if Elohim spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down into H.E. double hockey sticks and lift them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So we do see that they are in some type of prison. You know, even, you know, they're chained, they're, they're chained up, you know. So um, also Jude 1.6, and the angels who kept not their first state, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So we do see that they are in some type of prison. You know, and you know that aligns pretty good. Let me have my next reader read verses five through nine, please. And I saw that valley in which there was a great convulsion and a convulsion of waters. And when all this took place from that fiery molten metal and from the convulsion thereof in that place, there was produced a smell of sulfur, and it was connected with those waters. And that valley of the angels who had led astray mankind burned beneath that land. And through its valleys proceeds streams of fire 
where these angels are punished who have led astray those who dwell upon the earth. But those waters shall in those days serve for the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who dwell on the earth for the healing of the body, but for the punishment of the spirit. Now the spirit is full of lust that they may be punished in their body. For they have denied the Adonai of Bukot and see their punishment daily, and yet believe not in his name. And in proportion, as the burning of their bodies becomes severe, a corresponding change shall take place in their spirit forever and ever. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, let's, uh, let's consider this for a minute because this is pretty revelatory. Now we do we do not have anything that aligns with this in in our in our measuring state. Nevertheless, we've seen that ninety plus percent, ninety probably ninety five plus percent or more of this book actually does align with our measuring state. So just to say, just because we don't find that in our measuring state that speaks to this, doesn't say it's not so, right? You know. This could be a really big hint or clue, you know, for us in the end times, you know, and seeing that we're end time people, you know, this would be something for us to, you know, at least uh, acknowledge and understand and, and take a look at and be on the lookout for, right? You know, so first of all, he says in the valley, uh, which there was, there was great convulsion and a convulsion of the waters. And he said, when all this took place, that uh, from that a fiery molten metal, from the convulsion thereof in that place, it was produced the smell of sulfur. So some type of water um, convulsion that releases this smell of sulfur. If you never smelled sulfur before, it's a horrible smell. You know, it's an, it's a horrible smell. It's, it's it really it really stinks. You know, now it's connected with those waters. So now, you know, we should keep our keep our eyes open, you know, for some stinky waters, for one, you know. Uh, now, it says that the valley of the angels who had led man astray burned beneath that land where those, where these waters are. You know, and it says, and through its valleys proceed, proceed streams of fire where these angels are punished who led astray those who dwell on the earth. And so here it is, we have through these valleys, you have streams of fire where these angels are punished who led astray those who dwell on the earth. You know, and so of course, if there's streams of fire and there's water, that water is going to be hot, right? So that's gonna be, you know, some hot water. Now it says in verse eight, but those waters shall in those days serve for the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who dwell on the earth for the healing of the body. Well, now that's huge right there, right? These very same waters will be used for the healing of the body. Now this is definitely something to keep our eyes open uh, for now, don't not hundred percent sure that this is literal or whether it's literal or metaphorical, 
Nevertheless, we're to keep our eyes open for some type of waters, you know, rather metaphorical or literal. That's for the healing of the body. But it says, but for the punishment of the spirit. Mm. You catch that? Yeah. This is huge right here. Yeah. Yeah. This is huge. You know, wherever these waters are, these stinky waters, they're going to have the ability to heal the body. Mm. But they'll bring punishment of the spirit. Mm. It says, now their spirit is full of lust that they may be punished in their body. But why is that? For they have denied the Adonai of Rukol. They deny Yahuwah Elohim because they believe not in his name. And then verse 9 said, and in proportion, and this is this is this is huge too, in proportion as the burning of their bodies becomes severe, a corresponding change take place in their spirit forever and ever. Mm. So what that is saying is that the more that they are healed from these waters, the more their spirits are damned. Can anybody see that? That's pretty big. That's pretty big. You know, let's go to verse 10. Enoch 67, 10 says, For before the Adonai root coat, none shall utter an idle word, for the judgment shall come upon him. So before Yahuwah, none shall utter an idle word, for the judgment shall come upon him. You know, this reminds me of something Yahshua was um, said when he walked the earth. Let's let's go there. It's found in Matthew Yahoo 12, 33 through 37. It says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Now, this is a I'm a stickler upon this passage. Because there's, we live during a time, during a time when confusion runs rampant. Confusion concerning Yah's will, way, and purposes runs rampant. Amen? You know, and so how are you to know the man of Elohim from the man of Hasatan? Or just from the man. You should know them by their fruit. This is what our Messiah taught us. This is our measuring stick. This is the only measuring stick he gave us. The tree is known by his fruit. Verse 34. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? Now that should tell us something right there. If one is evil, they're not going to speak good. Now, that's not to say that the evil can't speak good, but that the good that it speaks is even enveloped in evil. You know, in other words, like someone can say a bunch of good things, but they can have deception in their heart. And they're saying these good things, 
with the overall plan to deceive one. So at the end of the day, are they speaking good or, or evil? Evil, right? You know, Yahshua continues on to teach. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaker. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart, bringing forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure, bringing forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. You know, and this is what Enoch is saying, for before the Adonai of Ukot, none shall utter an idle word, for the judgment shall come upon us. We need to act like, like the judgment seat is before us now. Because Yahshua is saying, you know, yeah, you know, not just then, but every idle word that you spoke, you're going to have to give an account for. You know, and so we need to be more careful about what we allow to come forth from our lips. We need to be more careful about what comes out of our mouths. We need to be more careful about how we speak to those we don't like. Now, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not going to say we need to be more careful you know, about how we speak to those whom we love. I'm going to say we need to be more careful in how we speak to those in which we don't like. Because he didn't say you'll be judged by every idle word that you speak concerning those whom you like. Amen? You're going to be judged on every idle word of that which ye speak, period. To those whom you like as well as to those whom you don't like. Are your words, are they spreading light or are they spreading darkness? Are they good or are they evil? Well, I'm going to tell you, whatever the answer is, Yah is going to let you know in the day of judgment. You know, Yahshua goes on in verse 37 to say, for by thy words. Thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So your 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 walk better match your talk. Amen. Amen. You know, so you know you have to be careful about what comes out of your mouth. There's one thing about words: once they come, they go forth. You can never give them back. You can say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. It's too late. It's said. You can't unsay it. And guess what? Those who heard it, they can't unhear it. You know, and, you know, the damage is done. And you will have to give an account for it. So it's best to just learn to cover your lips. Learn to be slow to speak. Amen? You know, uh, there's also a lesson in, in here, you know, the, that's teaching us about Enoch 67, about the day of Yahuwah and about, you know, the time when, when all, you know, this, this, you know, Yah's plan comes to fruition, you know, and it is that one is known by their fruit. See, because Yahshua 
also taught us that in the end times that there'll be many that would be coming that would actually, you know, deceive many, deceive most of us. Amen. That word many is polos, meaning most of. You know, they're going to deceive many. How are you going to know who's telling the truth? You'll know them by their fruit. The tree is known by its fruit. You know, you're not going to know if one is speaking good. Now, this is another important point. You're not going to know, know whether or not if one is speaking good unless you know what good is. I'm going to say that again. You're not going to know whether or not someone is speaking goodly words unless you know what good is. And there's nothing good but yeah. So if they're speaking goodly words, then they're going to be speaking Yah's words. Say a lot. But that's how you're going to know them is by their fruit, you know, and you're going to have to see, you know, where their heart is. And you can tell where their heart is by listening to what the mouth say, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, and I always tell people this, you want to learn about anyone, all you got to do is sit back and listen to them. Sit back and listen to them. If they talk long enough, they're going to tell you who they are. You're going to find out if they good or if they evil. All you have to do is listen. That's all you have to do. Take the time out to listen. Also consider Revelation 13, 11. It says, and I beheld another beast coming up out the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. Now this is in conjunction with the false prophet. You know, take note that he looks like a lamb. Who else was like, looked like a lamb? Who else was like a lamb? Yahushua, our Messiah. He was the lamb of Elohim. Take note that he looks like a lamb. This guy here in Revelation 13, 11 looks like a lamb, but spake as a dragon. You know, so if we utilize, you know, this uh, wisdom that Yahshua gave us in Matthew, uh, Yahoo 12, and judge him by what comes forth from the treasure of his heart, that is what comes out of his mouth, knowing that it's as a dragon, we know that he's evil no matter what he looked like. You understand? Because people can put on a good show and they can look righteous and they can play that part real well. I think they call them actors. You know, they give folks awards for, for good acting, right? You know, so they can look the part, but if you listen long enough, they're going to let you know who they are. Just like this, this fella here. He has two horns like a lamb, but he'll speak like a dragon. And like I say, if you don't know what goodly words are, you won't know. You, if you don't know what goodly words are, then you won't be able to tell the dragon's words from the good man's words. You know, all you got to do is just 
take heed when he was speaking to Yahshua, when he was tempting them in the wilderness. He was saying scripture. But he was saying it out of context. And he was saying it with an ill intent. You know, so, but you got to know what good is to be able to recognize that. And of course, Yahushua knew what good was because he came from good. Oh, you know, so consider that. Let me have my next uh, reader read verses 11 through 13 of Enoch 67. Because they believed in the lust of the body and, and denied the Ruach of the Adonai, and those same waters will undergo a change in those days for when those angels are punished in the water, in these waters. These waters, these water springs shall change their temp temperature. And when the angels ascend this, this water to be, this water to the spring shall change and become cold. And I heard Michael answering and saying, this judgment wherewith the angels are judged is a testimony for the kings and the mighty who possess the earth. Because these waters of judgment minister to the healing of the body of the kings and of the lust of the body. Therefore, they will not see and will not believe that those waters will change and become a fire with which burns forever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to consider this a little bit, right? You know, so these same waters that we're talking about, right? That's going to um, be used to fool folks. It says in verse 11, it says, because they believe in the lust of their bodies and deny the Ruach of the Adonai. Now, what is the Ruach of the Adonai, or who is the Ruach of the Adonai? Anyone? Yahushua is not the Ruach of the Adonai. He's... What's, yeah, what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? That's what he is. What's his name? Comforter. Comforter, absolutely. The comforter. What type, what type of spirit is it? Spirit of truth. You know, so here it is. They'll deny the Ruach of the Adonai. They will deny the spirit of truth. They will deny the comforter. Because they believe in the lust of their body. They're going to be using their flesh as their measuring stick. Can you see that? Because of the lust of their body, they're going to deny the comforter. They're going to deny the, uh, the Ruach of the Adonai. You know, and it says, and those same waters will undergo a change in those days. For when the angels are punished in these waters, these water springs shall change their temperature. When the angels ascend this water, other springs shall change and become cold. Remember, they were hot because of the fire that was running through them. But as these angels come up out of it, 
as they ascend the water, that's that's them coming up out. You know, um, scripture as well as Enoch taught us that they're in an abyss, a bottomless pit. You know, and the oceans are considered to be bottomless. Amen. You know, now as they come out, it speaks of the water temperature changes and becoming cold. Now, remember, these, these we still talking about these waters that, you know, the stinky waters that smell like sulfur. That's right. You know, and it's, he says in verse 12, he said, this judgment wherewith the angels are judged is a testimony, a witness for the kings and the mighty who possess the earth. So this is how we're supposed to know. You know, like, hey, you know, we supposed to know these waters, you know, they they change in temperature when these things coming up out of. And that's supposed to be for a witness. Why it says because these waters of judgment minister to the healing of the body of the kings and the lust of their body. So again, he's reiterating that these waters will, these stinky waters will heal the body, you know, and it will minister to the healing of the, of the body and to the lust of their body. And then it goes on to say, therefore, they will not see and will not believe that those waters will change and become a fire which burns forever. Could this be how the lake of fire come about? Mm. You know, this is, this, is, this is huge. Because of the healing of the body, they will not see and will not believe. Mm. Now, I, you know, just to help drive this home, I just want to paint a picture. You know, let's say some strange virus hits the planet and there's some type of pandemic. You know, now let's say, for instance, that they say, hey, this right here, this right here, right here, it will heal you. And let's just say, for the sake of saying sake, that it does heal. But it will cause your spirit to be damaged. How many people, because your spirit you can't see, you know, just like your DNA you can't see, your RNA you can't see. Now, let's just say that it does help. Do you think that this will cause people not to see and believe? In the unseen God, in Yahuwah, the unseen Elohim, in Yahushua, who's seated at his right hand, likewise in the unseen realm, do you think this would deter believers? If you don't, you better think again. 
because scripture teaches us that mostly everyone will be the senior, even y'all's elected, if it was possible. But you can see how convincing an argument could be made from this. Of course, you know, this is this is good. Of course, this is this is um, you know, in accordance to you know everything that is said to be, because you can tell because it's healing the body. What this is telling us is you can't tell from that. It has to align with what's good, with goodly words, with God's scripture. So I want you to think about that. And, you know, this is in alignment with what we read about in Romans chapter 8. Let's consider Romans 8, 5 through 8. It says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. You know, for they who are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Those who mind the flesh um, and they're after the things of the flesh. So whatever makes their flesh feel good, that's what they want. Whatever satisfies their flesh, whatever, you know, consoles their flesh, that's what they'll have. You know, but Apostle Paul don't stop there. He continues on to say, but they that are after the Ruach, the things of the Ruach. So those of us who do have the Ruach HaKodesh and are following the Ruach HaKodesh, the comfort of the spirit of truth, you know, we're going to mind the things of truth. What is truth? John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth, right? So we're going to do what the words say, regardless of what the flesh feel like. Amen? Verse 6, Romans 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. So those who are minded things after the flesh, those are the ones that's going to be operating in death. But to be spiritually minded, will be life and peace, even though it won't be appeasing to the flesh. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but you have to consider what Yahshua taught us. He says, those who seek to save their lives shall lose them, and those who lose them for his name's sake shall save them. Again, that sounds like an oxymoron. You know, but that's just another way of saying for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against Elohim, for it is not subject to the law of Elohim or the Torah of Elohim, neither indeed can be. You know, and so that's the whole thing. Your carnal mind is against the things of Elohim. It is not going to want to subject itself to Torah, you know, and we see that even now today. Hence, it goes on to say, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please Elohim. You know, we see that even today, you know, that, you know, even the so-called believers, we can see that they're carnal-minded and they're at enmity against Elohim. For they won't subject themselves to Yah's Torah, to his law. Now, what does the what does Torah ask you to do? That's all that difficult to do. 
It doesn't ask you to do anything that's super difficult, but yet people will tell you time and time again it can't be done. Mm. Well, the reason it can't be done is because you won't do it. It can certainly be done. I know it can be done because I do it. I know it can be done because I watch other people do it. So you can't tell me it can't be done. It absolutely can be done. Yahshua done it. His apostles done it. And all the believers that followed him done it. So how dare you say it can't be done? Of course it can't be done. But you have to choose to do it. And to choose not to do it is to be commonly minded. And to be commonly minded is to be an enemy against Elohim. And you know who's going to win that battle. Amen. Amen. Should we go on to 68? Or should we pause here? We're going to stop right here. All right. That's all I have for you today. Prayer was a blessing. Oh, yeah.